Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothman, the Daily Beast, half full. Editor joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wongerich. How are you, Dave? I'm good. How are you? Feeling pretty good today. Um, excited to talk about this topic that uh, has generated a fair amount of buzz. Um, a little bit of uh, back and forth, for sure. Recently, um, you wrote a piece for uh, Half Full about um, the evolution of the menu, starting uh, kind of like where it came from and for cocktail menus, of course, and um, sort of how it's gone right and also how it's kind of gone wrong recently. There's a little bit of gone wrong there, which uh... <laughs> and it was one. It was it was one that you know usually. With your stories, you know, it's not that hard to come up with like a interesting title for them. You know, they usually kind of <laughs> present themselves. You know, it's you know whatever it is, it's it's you know it doesn't take it's not that hard. But this one, I was really struggling. That's one of those things where I was like, you know, the piece was pretty much done. And I kept thinking and I kept thinking and I didn't want to put something like too like incendiary because your piece was alarming, but it wasn't. You know, it was fairly kind of balanced. So I didn't want to like. You know, it's it's never horrible right. with these things. Like every right. once in a while, it is, right. but rarely. When you when you're coming to cocktails, you know, it, there's there's always two sides to the question uh, when you've got complaints about things. Right, and 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 I think we did a good job with the title, um, which we I think we went with something like "Help, I don't know any of the cocktails on yeah. these menus." Well, that's like you know, and and I think that's the issue. I mean, like that's where the kind of that was the genesis of the piece is. Uh, you know, I. I live in New York City where we have lots of cocktail bars and also where restaurants down to the neighborhood level are expected to have cocktail lists now. So you go in and uh, you look at the menu and, you know, I've been uh, covering this uh, field of human endeavor for 20 years and and drinking in, in restaurants and bars for a lot longer than that. Oh, yeah. And I sit down, and uh, they put the menu in front of me, <laughs> and I look at it, and I just blink. It's like I don't understand what half of these ingredients and, are. Right. I don't understand the combinations <laughs> that they're being you you know that that, right. that 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 they're being used in, and uh, it seems like the main priority in a lot of bars and restaurants is to make something new. Yeah. And uh, that's okay. For some people, they want that all the time. Right. Other people, and you know, I got some response from drinkers who saying, "Well, I actually like that. That's fine." Other people want it sometimes. Right. And you know, you go to a special bar for that. But a lot of these places, especially restaurant bars, you sit down. You know, you want a nice cocktail before your dinner. You're not going sure. there for a blue sky mixology. Right. The point that you made in the story is that it's not that. You don't want creativity. No, that's not the point. The point is you need like a mix of classics, right? And then you need new ones because you and I both, I mean, I've been to bars or restaurants and, you know, people look at the cocktail menu mm-hmm. and then they look at us and yeah. they're like, dummy, what do I order? Dummy, yeah. you, you, this is your thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So what is this, what does this yeah. taste like? I'm like, what is that ingredient? I'm like, well, how do I only know what the hell that yeah. thing? So then, I mean, at least I'm confident enough to say to the server or the bartender, hey, um, what is this, you know? Um, yeah, but a lot of people don't want to do that because no. they think it makes them look dumb. And when you, it's really the the establishment that is 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 being dumb about this. Well, right. And 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 then, you know, and the problem is that if, if most of them things are known, right? Maybe yeah. you have a martini or an old fashioned mm-hmm. or whatever it is, a daiquiri. 
then maybe you try one of the few, the three new ones. And as you pointed out, that then allows those new drinks to catch on. It's like a forest, right? You yeah. need the, you can't overplant too many trees. There can only be so many trees that grow. Well, I mean, I talk in the article about how cocktail menus used to work. Right. And this, you know, it goes, the cocktail menus are old. Uh, they go back to the 1840s. And sort of the golden age of them was starting around the 1890s up through the 1960s. And there were new drinks that came in during that period, but the bulk of those menus sort of covered the same drinks. Basically, one guy created a menu. Yeah. And then the rest of the country and even the world <laughs> yeah. basically just— Yeah, originally, yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, this is great. Thanks for doing it, guy. Like, awesome. And we're just going to use this for decades and like but, with almost no changes. Yeah, and, and eventually, yeah, eventually that that one that was like the menu A. Right, right. Then there was menu B that came in around 1890, right, right. and menu B was the one that that really right. that lasted till eight, till till really to the 60s. Well, and menu B was really interesting because it has most of the famous cocktails we know right. on it. And if you went to a bar, you'd see like eight out of ten of their drinks would be. From that list, right. which everybody knew and understood. Oh, a whiskey sour. I like a whiskey sour. And it's kind of like when you go to Rome, all yeah. the restaurants literally serve the same menu. Exactly. But the food tastes differently because yeah. the chefs know, yeah. you know, it's slightly. Oh, I mean, my God, I was in uh, I was in Sicily a couple of years ago in the summer, and uh, one of my favorite things in the world is granita di caffè con panna, okay. which is a uh, coffee granita. You know, like like uh, coffee like frozen into slush right. uh, with whipped cream on top. Ooh. And it's delicious, Sounds right? Good. But every place I went made it differently. Right. It was the same ingredients. Right. It was the same thing, but they right. all had their ways of prioritizing this and that. And just because you have a common list doesn't mean you have to uh, make things. It's not the Stepford Wives, as I say. Right. You know, you don't have to make things exactly the same as everybody else. Although the extreme of that is also dangerous, as we've seen. Yeah. It, it reminds me kind of like the late 90s, early 2000s, where you'd go into a bar. Right. And they'd hand you a, quote unquote, martini list. Right. right. And, and none of the drinks had vermouth or gin. No, or even, no, no. Or even vodka. I mean, it was vodka yeah. with like chocolate sauce yeah. and like, you know, whipped cream and all this crazy stuff. And, and the extreme of that is that, you know, if you're going to have classics, they should. You know, there's there's obviously an acceptable range to right. put your own twist on it, right? Your own, you know. I mean, I want like if it's a Manhattan, I want American whiskey with vermouth and right. bitters, and you know, okay, you put a maybe a little dash of this or that, or or you think you know it's, you choose you your think an ounce and three quarters versus an ounce and a exactly. half of this whiskey with that vermouth. That's great. That's but, where the skill comes. Uh, I in. mean, that's how the Sicilians did the right. did these granitas. You right. know, they used the same ingredients. Right. They just their technique was a little different. The way they built it was a right. little different for each. But the problem is, but like, it was the same thing. Where you know we've gone and, and you wrote another story about this a couple of years ago for us. I think it was called One is a Martini, Not a Martini. Yeah. You know? And it's like when you go in, and I remember this with my friend, you know, we were at a bar, I won't name it, in New York, and mm -hmm. they ordered a Dark and Stormy, which is, I mean, fairly I mean, fairly simple drink. Right. I mean, I mean rum, fresh yeah. lime juice, yeah. ginger beer, ginger ale, you know, you know, depending yeah. on what it is. Bitters, okay, you know, mm -hmm. I you know, that's it's it's almost that's no acceptable. Fail. Almost yeah. nobody I mean, it's 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 a wonderful drink. Anybody can make it. And it tastes great. Very simple. And yep. what came, I have no idea what this was. 
And, um, you know, part of it was that they didn't have, like, ginger beer or ginger ale because it's like a ginger syrup with, uh, like, soda. And, and sometimes that's not bad, too. I mean, like, you know, like an old-time. In the hands of people who are really experts at right. that. I mean, you, you know, you go to an old-timey soda jerk and yeah, you know, yeah. ginger syrup and soda. That's how yeah. you make soda. But it was weird. It was brown. It was uh. flat. It was – and it didn't – and the worst part about it is, like, okay – it's maybe not what I wanted. Maybe right. it's the wrong name for it. But at least it's got to taste good. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> right? I mean, good. I get so many strange good. combinations in cocktails, you know. Right. And, uh, and you taste it and you go, what oh. were they going for here? And, right. and the funny thing for me is eventually you taste new cocktail after new cocktail and they all kind of taste like new cocktail. You know, they all kind of taste wow. the same in a weird way, even though their ingredients are completely different. Yeah. They have this little favor- flavor profile where it's a little bit bitter, it's a right. little bit sour, right. it's a little bit right. strong, it's a little bit, uh, you know, and, and then sometimes you, salty. Whatever the flavor of the month is, right? Yeah. It's, you know, everybody is. That using, rides over the top. Right. But, everybody is using, you know, cash strength rye or this yeah. one. Everybody's using Fernet Bronca. Everybody's. X, Y, or, you know, back in the day, St. Germain, certainly. Yeah. And they really do taste so similar because it's, it's you know, the same ingredients. And yeah. some of them have such big flavors that it's yeah. hard to. And, I, and see, that's what the old, you know, consensus cocktail list, right. which, like I said, like we said, was it was never fixed. Right. It was, there was always room at the edges for new drinks. The margarita came in and was accepted. Absolutely. The sidecar came in and was accepted. Right. A few other things dropped out over the years. You didn't see egg flips and things like right. that. Or even the pina colada, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, there was room for those, and, but. And room for things that were not serious or, you know, yeah. you know that were silly but tasted good. Or, but they or, were always at the edges of the list. Right. You'd always have, you know, the Manhattans, the Old Fashions, the Whiskey Sours, the Jack Rose, a number of other cocktails there that everybody knew. And as you wrote, like in the story, which I thought was one of the most powerful lines, was that just like a restaurant, any profitable, successful restaurant will always have a salmon dish, a hamburger, a roast chicken, a bar or restaurant for the cocktails also needs that kind of like safe Yep. And, you know, the choice where you always know it's going to taste fairly similar and be enjoyable. That's the problem is you see those on the menu even. Right. It says Manhattan. It says daiquiri. <laughs> but then you look at it really closely well, the and man, they've the, pulled a fast one on right. you because they're using the name and they've replaced every right. ingredient. You know? Manhattan with one T. Yeah. Know, so. I mean, it, it, so it's – it's it's. I said I, I made up like Falls of the Gowanus, right. you know, seaweed-infused Falls of the Gowanus oat whiskey or something. Yeah, something I mean, you've never heard of in your right. Manhattan that, that's not what should be in a Manhattan. We've talked about this before mm-hmm. on, on Life Beyond Bars. I often, you know, go, you know, I want, we'll try one new drink. Right. And then I'll have an old, you know, old favorite. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, that's how I do. And that's, you know, maybe the third drink if we stay long enough. Maybe it's it's maybe it's maybe another new drink or maybe it's another classic. And, and I think a lot of people drink that way. Yeah. You know, it's like you want to taste something new. Sometimes you want it again. Sometimes, sometimes you, you don't. don't. <laughs> Which I think also why sometimes, yeah. especially with the new ones, it's nice when they offer like a half pour, yeah. you know, where it's, uh, uh, yeah, you know. A little like, taste. I mean, otherwise it's a $15 investment in, in you don't know what. Right. You know? And, and the problem is like it may be the best thing I've ever had or maybe, you know, something I don't ever right. want to drink. And right. 
as the world has gotten ever smaller, mm-hmm. there are ingredients showing up. And we were, I was editing a recipe, I think yesterday, and my colleague was like, what is kombu? Yeah. Right. And it's like, uh, let me look this up again. I was like, you know, this is a crazy recipe, like kombu in like a saltwater solution, right? And I was like- okay. I mean, I had the drink though. The drink was delicious. Like right. it was, you know, it was a, it was a Ryan Fitzgerald absolutely delicious drink with toasted sesame oil okay. again. But I had had the drink first. Right? That helps, yeah. I, and I also didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. But I, it was also helps. But I had had the drink first, and was like, you know what? That's totally worth the experience of finding these ingredients or trying. But I mean, the the problem is you get you sit down with a cocktail menu these days, and every drink on it is like that, and you don't know where to start. They all get lost. You know, if you had the old style menu where there's ten classics and four, you know, four of these or three of those, then you're going to focus on that drink, and it will have a chance to get noticed. And I have to say, that's also where old school hospitality kicks in, right? Yeah. So I mean, you could have you could have the most you know, cutting edge outlandish mm-hmm. menu, right? But I think the more cutting edge it is, the more you have to invest in hospitality. So you yeah, really, you can't just be there. Hey, these are our drinks, right, bitches. Right. Take them, take them, and suck them down. Right, you <laughs> you just know? drop the menu and yeah, run. Right? Yeah, which I see all too often, right, unfortunately. But, or, or, but you also have to invest in education, right? And yeah. like in the bartenders, the sir, everybody tastes the dishes, right? I mean, right. all the servers do, right? All the waiters, like. So that they can talk about it, right? I mean, at least in the best restaurants, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, before they have a special. I mean, you know, at least tastes. some modern cocktail bars do do that and spend a lot of time on right. that. But all, especially, you know, restaurant bars, they don't have the staff to do that. It's a restaurant right. bar, mean, you know? And that's when somebody's like, oh, what does that taste like? Oh, like, uh, you know. No, 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 the like, consultant did it, you right, know? <laughs> right, right. Or I don't know. I don't really drink gin, so I yeah. don't have that one. Like, yeah. Yeah. okay, any, any uh, help here? At a bar where they have invested in training and education, and the bartender say, "Okay, like tastes like this." You got to you know? be really friendly about it, though. Right? You know? you know, I think it's hard on both sides of the the bar. It is you know? also uh, what they'll tell you when you complain that you know the menu is is really weird. They say, "Well, you know, we'll make all the other drinks. You just have to ask." Right. But that puts a lot of burden on the customer of, right. of like, I don't know what I want. You know, right. and then also, and as you pointed out, sometimes that. Kind of makes people feel weird, like yeah. you know, that people suddenly think, like, why do you know so much about cocktails? Yeah, yeah. Who are, who are you? You know, <laughs> especially you know, in restaurants, you're right. you're, you're with with all kinds oh, of yeah. people. Who knows, right? Yeah, and it's like, oh, you're suddenly a cocktail expert. What right. you know? What's your problem here? Right. Or you order for everybody now? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want to order, order for everybody. I mean, I also feel for bartenders who spend the whole night, like you know. Oh, what's this? You know, it's like, I oh, and, oh, I don't like that. Like, right. oh, I don't want that in my drink. It's like, well, if you just, it's like a dash. Like, don't, yeah. you know, I don't. Well, they don't tell you that either. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> so you you don't know how much. Uh, right. But I mean, but even like the better. Butler, how much hedge muckle thorn they're putting in there or whatever the hell oh, it is right, that you don't know. The more complicated the drinks, the more questions you're going to get yeah. and the more time you're going to have to spend. Trying to explain to people. Also making or, the drinks, too. Right. I mean, it's you know. more making all the sub recipes yeah. and all the infusions and the syrups. And I the, mean, bartenders often uh, in craft cocktail bars, they got to come in an hour or two hours before oh, the shift. Least, I mean, at least. Yeah, I to, mean, to if, do stuff. And imagine if they used that time for like having a, a, a book club or something for, <laughs> you know, I mean, just or, or, or like conversation time. Well, I love uh, that. Leave it to two book authors of cocktail yeah, books. Yeah, exactly. They're like, maybe bartenders uh, should spend their time. Buying well, our well, books. But, but you know what bartenders used to spend a lot of time on is reading the newspaper That's and, uh, you know, getting topics of conversation. 
I mean, so that's what that's what I'm saying. If you, if if they didn't have to make so many goddamn syrups, you know, some some they bartenders our, they could take our sports bets again. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding though. Bars spend so much energy on their cocktail lists, and in the past, they used to spend a lot less energy on that, and more much more on hospitality and jokes. Right. And, I mean, it was it was the post office, it was the sports book, it was yeah. the bank, it was the you know, it was the the, the comedy sh- club, the, the shrink. I mean, it was everything. Yeah, it was I mean, everything. Every, you, you know, everything you needed was at the bar. Yeah. I mean, that made bars uh, very fun. Yes. Well, it, and essential. I mean, that's, yeah. and it kept people coming back. Point is that we all want, both of us want bars to succeed. I mean, yeah. it, selfishly, because we yeah. love and cocktails. I, and I and I want new cocktails. I want delicious new cocktails right. to have a chance to succeed also. Right. Instead of getting drowned out by all the others that, right. are, that are dragging them down. And, and we want bars to be profitable and for people yeah. To want to go out, that aspect was sometimes gotten lost. That, like, yeah. at the end of the day, we also want people to come back and have a good time. And, mm-hmm. and then maybe on their second visit, they will try the new cocktail or on that second drink, you know? I, I don't exactly. A cocktail list is just a tool for engaging customers. Some of these are are just not very engaging. They're, they're aiming at a small subset of their customers who get everything they want, yeah. and everybody else gets nothing that they want. Right. And I think it's better to to sort of find a middle there, you know, or find a way of of of, of making people happier. Yeah, and I, and and bartenders are sort of on the cutting edge of trends, yeah. you know, and tastes yeah. and stuff, and often flavor ingredients that are popular with bartenders or either to drink on their own or to be featured in drinks, you know, by the time the rest of the world gets on board, you know, they've moved on to something else, yeah. right? I mean, they've, you know, they don't want to drink what the patrons are drinking. Oh, rye, right? that's so last year, you know. <laughs> now we're drinking, uh, you know, Mexican rum or right. whatever. Whatever, right. it has whatever to be, it is. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Look, that is, you know. Well, it's kind of awesome, all, but We all still. do that. But at the same time, I think you've got to realize that, you know, while the rest of the folks are, you know, now getting into whatever it is, Amaro, mm-hmm. rye whiskey, you know, mezcal, mm-hmm. that like you still got to you still got to do it. Like, you know, yeah. you, you, you created this. So like you kind of you, you got to support it. You got to support it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is I mean, it's a wonderful thing. So yep. like you should be proud of this whole mm-hmm. this whole trend that you gave birth to. But, you know, now you're already on to the next thing. You yeah. know, And that's why I was so concerned about your story is not trying to paint you as, you know, some kind of curmudgeon screaming at kids to get off your lawn. I, you know, it's yeah, not about I mean, that. The kids are welcome on the lawn. <laughs> they, they just can't take up all of it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give them, you know, here, pitch your tent here. Right, and, you know, exactly. if you want to put your barbecue there, that's right. good too. Right. But, you know, leave, leave some for the rest of us. Don't burn down my house. Yeah, yeah. don't burn down my house. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, just behave. Right. You know, you're, you're perfectly welcome. Right. But, uh, <laughs> that's – it's not – yeah, I, I don't think, you know, we're, we're, we're opposed to – innovation per se. It's just when innovation becomes the number one thing on a cocktail list because there are other constituencies there that need to be uh, recognized and uh, that uh, you'll you'll find very good for your business. Yeah, I agree. That's what also makes it interesting for us. I mean, if everybody literally served the same five drinks, it would be a lot simpler and boring to write about drinks. Yeah, it would be. 
And I, Although, you know, I mean, there are people who write about barbecue and how many different kinds of that's barbecue. True. That's true. You I know, mean, there's it's, all, it's all about it's the execution true. and yeah. making them with love, choosing the, the, the yeah. ingredients carefully. The box, you know, of creativity, you know, the rules for, you know, mm-hmm. scotch or some of these other drinks are, is so tight, but yet distillers find a way to innovate. And, exactly. You know, they use the same barley, the same, mm-hmm. literally, I mean, same strain, same malters, same, you know, yeast yep. strains or whatever it is. The stills are built by the same people. Mm-hmm. I mean, fairly similar and you, size. But and then you get like the Glenlivet and Talisker, right. you so know, different. which are so different. Right, and, and it's it, it's all about the small changes. Yeah. It's all about all yeah. the small variables. And, and uh, I just think that kind of subtlety is some is, yeah. is worth yeah. investing in and uh, yeah. paying attention to. Yeah, and finding satisfaction in. Yeah. You know, so if I go to the bar and I see they've got a Jack Rose and and I see they make it just right. really beautifully, right. I'm going to think so much more highly of that bar. Right. You know, it, it's it's not just oh here's a Jack Rose because you 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 ordered it, old person. It's like <laughs> oh yeah, Jack Rose is a lovely drink. We love making them here. Right. We make a great one, and yeah. uh, you we make we think the best one in the city. You know, right. and and you taste that and you go yes you do and, and then, I'll be back. And then maybe it's like maybe try my version with you know Mexican uh, bourbon afterwards. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, what else do you do well? Right. You know, but, but they, I think they've kind of got yeah. it backwards. It's like, right. here's our weirdest we're going to present our weirdest to you and then, you know, we'll make you a daiquiri. Right. right. <laughs> you know, but. With, right, exactly. We're, right. It's it's like, let's show off. Like, trust us. Yeah. Kind of a leap of faith on both sides. Yeah. Like, you know. The, and sometimes that works. Some, But, you know, some bars people go to just for that, but a lot of people don't go to bars for weird mixology. I mean, I think we've seen that with restaurants where the whole molecular craze was the most cutting edge, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of type of cuisine. And that never filled a lot of seats, though. No, and most of those, I mean, unfortunately for the people who started them, most of those restaurants did not succeed. And I think people would go once or twice. Right. And they wanted to experience it as an experience, but it wasn't type of food that they wanted all the time. Yeah. And, and I think what we've seen with the molecular stuff is that it's sort of become part of more standard traditional cooking where sous vide machines right. are now incorporated into cooking all types of traditional dishes without making everything into a sphere or a cube or, you know. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have dinner not too long ago at one of the hottest restaurants in New York, Frenchette. Oh, yeah. Which is Mostly traditional, you yeah, know? And boy, is that a tough place to get into. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves, yeah. Yeah. loves, loves that yeah. restaurant because it's hospitable. Right. The food is great. And yeah. it's very simple, you know, yeah. with occasional modern touches, like right. you said, you know. It, but they, right. they, they tuck those in. Yeah. They, they don't lead with them. Right. And, uh, and, you know, they had a cocktail list, which had some pretty simple drinks on it. Right. I was able to have a simple uh, daiquiri, but made with uh, Haitian, Haitian rum oh, with yeah. Clarin. Right. was the difference. And that was right. their little spin. But it's still rum, right. lime juice, and sugar. You know, right. there's, there's really not much else that you need. At the beginning of the, the rebirth of the cocktail, we saw people like Sasha Puskowski at you mm-hmm. know, Milk and Honey and all of his bars, and it was all classics all the time, yep. right? And then they were made, you know, to his specifications, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then, but at the same time, they had dealer's choice, right? Which was yeah. interesting too. But again, the dealer's choice was classics, but but they yeah, were, with little spins on them, and that nobody almost, objects to that, right? And that almost seemed kind of like it. It was almost like they could play both sides of the yeah. field. Like yeah. we have we do classics. But if you want something bespoke or modern, 
we'll like create something together. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be weird modern, right? Well, right. I mean, because that was Sasha's bars, right, but right. but other people have taken that. Yeah, right. And I think the where that kind of you know leads to is now you see some of you know the alums were of of the milk and honey system, like mm-hmm. Sam Ross, who you know did a big cocktail program in Vegas at the um, at the Venetian um, mm-hmm. um, or their sister property, and you know he has you know his famous for his penicillin cocktail, right. right, which is, I guess, like a rinse of smoky scotch plus, you know, whiskey and mm-hmm. uh, ginger. Ginger. They've turned it into the penicillin, which is like the frozen version. Right. right? Which is, you know, like. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of fun. It was fun. It was delicious. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't, yeah. you know, that was great. And especially, you know, to be able to sip a frozen penicillin in the middle of a Vegas casino. Well, you know, he was able to make that drink popular because it wasn't drowned out by 20 other new drinks on the menu. Oh, right. You know, that was the right. new cocktail that they made right. at, at, at right. uh, when, when he was at uh, Milk and Honey. That was, right. you know, that was, so everybody knew to ask for that. Right. Uh, there weren't like, it, it, it was always there. It wasn't like we'll, every season, you know, four times a year, we're changing all of our cocktails. And he could tweak it and he could give it exactly. the love. That he could develop it. He could nurture it until yeah. like until yeah. the recipe was right. Yeah. And if it, you know, it never worked, then scrap it and then, you know, create another. Create you know, another one. Right. But, and, and, and try to spend more time on each individual yeah. drink. Yeah. And, you know, maybe don't give every bartender four spaces on the menu, <laughs> which is what, right. uh, what a lot of bars do these right. days. You know, have. Yeah. <laughs> Be a little a little stricter about that. And it's been kind of interesting to see the feedback from your story about all these people kind of weighing in. Yeah. Some very angry, right? That you know they can't find drinks that they. I mean, it, it definitely touched the nerve. It touched other- the nerve. I mean, there were a few people said, "Well, I really like." the you know the all new drinks menus, but there were very few. Yeah, uh, so many people were like. Hell yes, you know. Right. Thank you. Preach it, or, brother. Or like even bar owners saying, you know what? Like I appreciate you saying that because we're not sure what to do. Yeah. Like we don't. Yeah. yeah. What, you know, part of it's like, is are people demanding this? Or are they not demanding it? You know, and I think a lot of people. You know, I think they just, don't even realize that people are demanding it. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, demanding new drinks. Like yeah. Some of oh, them oh, are yeah. Like, do we? Ha- I mean, this seems to be the thing to do. Like, right. do we have to have right. a menu of new drinks, or can we just? It can be classics, and but I mean, it can't be lazy classics. Is no. the thing is, is if you're if you're doing classics, you have to treat every one of those drinks on your menu with love. Right. If you're making a whiskey sour, you have to make the best goddamn whiskey sour. You know. And yeah. You have to really. And that's where the creativity comes. It where, is. Where, it does. Where even Sasha, you know, we always mm-hmm. people sort of dismiss his list because it was all classics, but. He had reinvented all of those classics for the modern palate. I mean, he yeah, he really gone, worked on them, right? I mean, because I mean, as we all know, like pulling recipes from a hundred and fifty year old mm-hmm. book doesn't always work out well because no, product, sometimes we don't understand what their ingredients were or their or, measurements. Exactly. Or I mean, so there's a lot of yeah. you know. So even the classics, even not even from hundred fifty years ago, but from fifty years ago yeah. or sixty. Things change, people's palates change, ingredients change, you know, so that, you know, Sasha and all of his talented bartenders that work there really spent a lot of time making sure that those drinks, even yeah. though they were the classics, that they tasted great. They, they researched their brands for every right. drink, I mean, you know, they chose the appropriate thing that would make it taste best. And, right, and, uh, and maybe maybe there was a twist, you know, maybe there was a subtle twist that they found mm-hmm. that, like, you know, people used to do X, but... 
doesn't exactly yeah, you work. Can, you, can, you can find – but also you can find uh, in – if you look at a lot of old recipes, you can see that kind of tweaking going on right. too. You know, these were all popular drinks over many, many decades right. and people tried – Different things. You and can pick out like I, I had to help people develop a, recipe, a Ward 8 recipe right. in, in Boston, which was their cocktail. Right. And we found an absolutely smashing recipe that was one of the original ones. You know, right. there was some variation in that, that that put a little bit of sherry in there. Right. And and that was, you know. Or, or I mean, you look at Jerry Thomas, in the day. right? There yeah. are, I think, eight or ten recipes yeah. for juleps. The, yeah. the Ming julep with whiskey is mm-hmm. probably the eighth one or something mm-hmm. or sixth one. And there are all these other juleps, right? So, I mean, it, there, it's always – I mean, it's always been about creativity, but it's about – Managing it, you know? Right, or, or just investing the time and the energy to make those drinks yeah. taste good. If a drink was popular for 80 years, there's a really good chance <laughs> that there's a good way to make it, right. you know? Right. And there's a reason why. There's know? a reason why. There's exactly. Reason I, always, I, always, I always believe that. Yeah. If the drink was popular, there was a reason why. Right. It did something well. Yeah. It, and it, you've just got to find that. It checked some box that people like. I mean, I, I, I get so tired. I see people periodically on social media putting out, all right, let's be honest. Which classic cocktail do you really hate? Right. And it's like, oh, come on. You know, it's like, which one should be retired permanently? It's like, come on. Just right. make it right. It will be delicious. Right. You know, they're, they're, all, they're all fine. If you I mean, can't make a dry martini taste good, you know, because some people hate those apparently. Right. It's right. like you, you're not really you're not really bartending there. You're not, you know. No who you are, you're not going to like everything. I mean, yeah. it's just how it but is. But at least you should be able to make it taste good for your customers. Right. You, you can know? appreciate it, right? Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can respect it. Right. You know, if you, if, even if you don't like it, you can right. respect it. You can you can make it properly right. in a way that's delicious for people and, who like and, it. And, you know, we talk a lot about Dale DeGroff. I remember talking about yeah. this years ago, and he said, you know, look, it's sometimes I have to make drinks with products that, you know, I don't love. Yeah. I just consider that a bigger challenge. Yeah. That I, I, exactly. I actually like that because I step up. To the challenge to try yeah. to make something taste good out of stuff that, <laughs> like that I'm yeah, yeah. So and he's like, and I, you know, and when I do it, I feel really proud. Like that's, you know, that's a great exercise. For it me. really is. That's hard to yeah. take stuff that you don't love and make it into something that tastes that good other people make. do love. Right. I mean, who's drinking these drinks? You right. know, it's your I customers. Mean, right. If you're a bartender, I mean, you better not be drinking them. All. Right. And I, you know, traditionally, you know, you go to a lot of restaurants. You know, they'd be sitting on a X number of cases of. Some ingredient yep. that they had to move that maybe they bought for a discount mm-hmm. or nobody drank. And it's like, okay, like how do we come up with something? You know, the Bananas Fosters kind of thing. Like yeah, how yeah. do we, you know, we've, you know, the Commander's Palace. Well, that, I mean, that's what right. gave us the Moscow Mule is right. I've got all this ginger beer and nobody wants ginger beer. Right. Hey, I've got all this vodka. Nobody wants vodka. Let's be friends. <laughs> Let's like, be friends. And my, you know, my cousin makes, you know. Copper cups that right. nobody wants. Right. <laughs> Like this is the best part, you know. The, yeah, the, the, uh, that's it, though. The I sum mean, is greater than its parts. Yeah, you know? that's that's, uh, and that's fine too. You know, that necessity mm-hmm. is the mother of invention. That's mm-hmm. you know, but I, but again, like a lot of time went into perfecting those things. Yeah, they know? they they worked on them, and it worked. And it's just a little bit of alchemy too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, more new drinks out there. Hopefully, uh, balanced on menus with, with mm-hmm. classics and. Uh, I'm looking forward to drinking some more Jack Roses and right. Sidecars and Rob Roy's. And, and, <laughs> and if you don't agree, you know where you can find a sanctuary. Yeah. Um, and don't. the occasional new drink. Or at, or at bars, so don't be yeah. shy. And uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. 